0: We are going to be uncovering some Untold Riches. Let's do this. Hi. Hello Untold Audio. Untold, I'm forgetting. He's eating an apple. Untold Riches. riches. We're digging for gold here with our good old friend, Kay from BBS and PSR, an illustrious realtor and a business coach uh, that we both hold in very high esteem. Uh, He's got the voice of a sultry late night DJ, uh, mixed with maybe a little bit of an angel in there. Uh, a beard as mighty as my own, and hair as mighty as Richard's. So he really He's is a joke, package, right? for he, sure. I would argue
1: that he is. He appears, he appears to be what I try to appear to be. I will say we need to put a disclaimer out, maybe like running under the video, and if you're listening in your car, we need you to go ahead, hands 10 and 2, pay good attention, because as soon as he comes on and starts talking, you're going to want to go right to sleep. You're going to want to go right to sleep because his voice – is like butter and you're going to listen to it and he's going to have stories and it's just going to make you feel safe like you're in a position being held by your mother as a baby kissing you on the forehead while you want to sleep so please be careful don't wreck your cars we obviously want you guys to stay nice and safe uh for our podcast it's important to us so thanks for listening and I'm very excited about Kay joining us today let's get him on here boom without further ado
0: Hey, How's it going,
2: everyone? Hello. Thank David. you for having me. I uh, really? haven't done a podcast since uh, a cheap plug. Here we go. Since my own about, you know, five or six years ago. Oh, nice. But, um, we love cheap plugs. Man, Keep them coming. I'm, I'm, I'm back at
1: it again, you know. That I was before it. it was cool to have a podcast, man. So mm-hmm. you were kind of like, oh, gee, how'd, you, how'd, how'd that come about? Tell us. That's where we start, man. That's a story in and of itself. Tell us about so your So
2: me and uh, a few of my friends in college, we were like, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen the meme. And if you haven't, it's like starting a podcast in this day and age is like, hey, let's get like a garage band going. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so we were like, hey, we're like uh, it it was called The Obvious Podcast. A-B-V-I-U-S. The the website's still up if you guys want it. But um, we started just like out of my apartment in Richmond when I lived in Richmond and We were like, hey, we have we have a very diverse group of individuals and we all have stories to tell. And like, you know, everybody blows smoke up your butt. So it's like I had a bunch of friends that were like, hey, you should talk for a living. And I'm like, that's not as profitable as one might think. (laughs) Uh, So we tried it. We got I think we got like 10 or 12 episodes deep and then everybody just started falling off. It was just too many people trying to be on the show at the same time. So it didn't work out. But. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted.
1: That's a a shame that you went six years without letting people hear your voice, Uh, but I'm glad that we're bringing you back um, because you got a story to share, too. Um, I've had the distinct privilege to work with you professionally and over the years become more and more friendly. Uh, you are one of my friends, and I love that, and I love interviewing my friends, and I know that you have such an awesome history and story and life journey, so why don't you take us to the beginning, and the beginning of K? tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you were raised, what your life experience was, and how you ultimately got to where you are today, sitting in that chair, looking handsome, and just regaling us with your stories.
2: So... I have a very boring life. I'll be the judge of that. I have no stories. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So the origin story, as it were, um, I was born in India and my parents thought it'd be a great idea for us to come to America. And so my dad was here and my mother brought me to India when I was uh, a wee lad, as they say. And uh, she literally like didn't even have to get a plane ticket. She just carried me like through her fourteen-hour endeavor for the first time ever leaving a country, and just brought me here. And I like to make the joke that the first country, uh, first place I ever visited was Paris because that's where her uh, layover was before, so like her flight from Delhi to to Paris, and then from Paris to um, Washington D.C. And so I always like to say, "Hey, have you been to Paris? Yeah, I've been to Paris, but I don't remember any of it." Um, so. That was cool. We we lived in Washington D.C. I moved around a lot as a child, so uh, always quick to make friends and then get rid of them real fast. But I'm glad that you guys have kept me around for a while. I I, I do value and appreciate both of y'all's friendship. So uh,
1: hopefully that'll be something that's uh, long
2: standing. You know,
1: tell tell me more about that. Who who jettisoned who? Did you find yourself having people drift away from you, or did you tend to drift away from other people? And what do you think was the reason?
2: So very good question. Uh, I think that it was mostly, I mean, we didn't settle down in Virginia until the year 2000. And that was kind of when I was like, all right, I have a place to be. So, I mean, as a, as a kid, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, wasn't real hard to move on from a place to and to not keep any friends, but Everybody that I've talked to, even through throughout elementary school, and everybody now, it's just been real easy to, uh, you know, sometimes you just gotta let people go, and that's, uh, you know, one of the many lessons I hope to share with you is that sometimes you just gotta let people go. You know, it just it's not worth your time, your energy, uh, to keep people around that aren't gonna help you grow in a way that you see yourself being.
1: How quickly are you able to kind of tell whether someone is gonna be someone that you're gonna want to grow with or grow without? Thirty minutes. Wow, so you had the read on us in thirty minutes, or did sure. it take a little bit longer? Were you kind of like this guy is? No.
2: Uh, for Peyton it took me a little while. He's a uh, oh. he's a little he's he's, uh, he's I I I, I want to say he's like me. I, I might have the voice that that is for for TV or whatever they say, but I definitely am not as articulate as this man. He is uh, very very talented when it comes to speaking, and it is something that I admire
1: greatly. Um, Thank you.
2: Richard, I had you figured out in about 25 minutes.
1: (laughs) That's because me, my (laughs) soul is right here. Like you can just see it. Like Like
2: it's just like it's one of your great qualities, where it's just like you are so upfront and so open that it's not like you're not disingenuous at all. And it's a, very, uh, it's a very charming quality because not a lot of people are like that. A lot of people are going to like put on a facade. Oh, I got to be nice. I got to do all this. And it's like, nah, not nah, not really. Like I'm Richard Bridges, and this is what you get. And I really like that. I enjoy that. And it's kind That's of how right. I am.
0: Either you like me or you don't. And if you don't, I'll catch you down the road. Yeah, yeah. My takeaway from this is that my facade, unlike Richard's, is apparently impermeable, which I <laughs> appreciate, but also feels like uh, I need to work on that.
2: Well, I mean, like I've also I like I think the one time that we've had a social interaction was like at the Christmas party you guys hosted like a couple years back with the ice luge and all that. And I think like we had a we had a drink together and and, like Peyton was doing all sorts of stuff. So I was just like hanging out with Richard because I didn't really know anyone else. And uh, you you know everybody was trying to entertain their their clients and all that. So I mean, you know we we'll get get around. uh, We'll we'll, the three of us will get to bend and elbow soon enough.
1: Dude, we sang karaoke to the Backstreet Boys together in our, sure Russian, our Russian uh, Mafia tracksuits. I forgot about that. That was what a time to be alive pre pandemic.
0: Woo! All right. I, I've got to find some photos of that and maybe try and attach them here because that was. those There's a video. There's yeah, a I video. wear that tracksuit every Christmas now. Every Christmas, it's like a tradition.
1: What they yeah. did is they did a scavenger hunt that was like take a shot with either Peyton or Richard to cross something off. And I was just like wandering around aimlessly okay, and nice. like, oh, Come with me. I need to get something off this list. And then I'd be like, boom to the face. And I like, I, that's like probably top three times that I've been on un- <laughs> for unwell. From I know I
0: invited my wife's brother and sister to fly back from Florida that later that spring at my expense, which was probably the most expensive promise I've ever made. <laughs> so it's like i was like it's okay guys you just come back whenever you want it's gonna be great yeah guys just let us know i got you i got you you come stay with us we were still in a townhouse at the time so just air mattresses in the basement it was a whole thing but anyway okay so you grew up in dc you're very selective about your friend group which i can appreciate because i don't have any friends so that's (laughs) wonderful news (laughs) so as you evolve beyond your school age like, did you end up settling in with your family at an older age, or did you keep bouncing around till college? What, how, what was that period like? For you? Now we, uh,
2: the home that I am in now is still is the home that I'd like to say I grew up in, cool. and I am happy to say that I am proud to live with my family because it is mm-hmm. just so much easier with so many things that the, the way things are right now. It's just like my life is so easy, and I uh, encourage people that mm-hmm. are you know within the graduate college let's say like 25 to like 35 it's like mm-hmm. live at home live at home I tell, that, I'm telling you unless, unless you unless you are with a significant other or someone that you know you're like hey we need our own space and which I totally get um, there is I, I I pride myself on saying how much I save in not spending on rent or mortgage or anything like that
0: yeah imagine. Um,
1: well, I'm sure there's also an element yeah. of like I am alone in an apartment because I am a adult and Correct. I am lonely all the time. So what am I going to go do? I'm going to go out. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to spend money that's unnecessary to spend because friends want to go out and do things so that they don't feel lonely. And you're going to buy booze or you're going to go out and you're going to do things and you're going to eat out. And it's like it's unnecessary. I, 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 see, well, I hope my kid my kids are all at that age. Like they're 18, 16, 15. Like they're coming right right down the shoot. and I hope they – I hope they come and stay. I mean, I hope they leave sometimes, but like, I hope that they, they they stick around.
2: I mean, yeah, I definitely had the experience of like, I went to college. I lived in Richmond for 10 years um, yeah. from like 2010 to like 2018, 19, almost 20. But um, I encourage people to go and like, have an adventure, you know, like you, you need to go out. I'm not saying, you know, stay at home your whole life. That's not, yeah. that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if you could save some some dollars here and there, it's it's not a bad plan. But definitely go out and figure out who you are. And I mean, uh, the reason I left was because I was like, "Hey, I don't I don't want to be at home anymore." And mm-hmm. it's a and you know I got money to go to school, so I was like, "I'm gonna take that opportunity and and go to school." Yeah. And so I did that. And then I did the whole I'm by myself in an apartment and I'm working a job that I don't really care about. Like it was a I was a, a cog in the machine, as it were. Um, and i really just thought about i think it's time for me to make moves on my own and mm-hmm. that's how i got into real estate uh i'm sure that question is on your list somewhere but, <laughs> uh, i figured we get to it now but yeah i was working in richmond did the whole go to school uh try to be a doctor got really really close in terms of uh actually getting accepted to med school and, and saying no i don't want to do
1: that um so so tell me a little bit more about that what made you go i want to be a doctor and then what made you go i don't want to be a doctor what were those two moments
2: all right so i'll give you now i'm going to make it a, a long story since we're here uh Dude. growing up you know as a as a child of a traditionally relatively traditional indian household i had the option to be a doctor a lawyer engineer etc and i was like hey I saw I saw the show MASH when I was very young mm-hmm. and I was like, damn, all they do is is hang out, drink and, and and womanize like that seems pretty dope. You know what I mean? And then, you know, obviously, as as I got older, I was like, you know, maybe not so much the womanizing part. But I get there and I'm like, you know, this is this is something I can see myself doing at a very young age. Um, it was that or either become a professional wrestler. And that hasn't happened yet and probably will not. But I definitely took a lot of influence from that show. I took a lot of influence from my family, my father, and thought, "Hey, this would be cool to do for a little while." And then once I got into it, you know, I was uh, I was an EMT in Richmond. I did all sorts of stuff. I've seen a lot of things, and ultimately, once I got in, I was just like, "This is was purely." for an ego boost. Mm-hmm. This is only to say, hey, was I able to do this? And yeah, I was. And could I have done it? Yeah, sure. But was it something that I would have been happy doing? Mm-hmm. And no, I don't think I would have been happy doing that only because it would have, you know, my God complex would have been so severe that I would have needed more <laughs> therapy than I have now. Wow. Um, I can almost certainly promise that because I know yeah. myself pretty well.
1: What was the moment? Um, though? Do you, was there a like, can you think of a defining moment when you went like, this isn't, this isn't me this isn't what i want to do this would be this would be wonderful from a optics and social standpoint cuz that's what our society rewards the
2: when i stayed up 3 days straight off of energy drinks um and some help <laughs> and if you know you know but i stayed up for a very long time and I was studying for exams. Uh, I was studying for like, I think I was studying for a quantitative physiology exam and a organic chemistry exam, mm. something like that. Easy stuff. Yeah, real easy, <laughs> real easy. And uh, at the end, after as soon as I took my exam, I think I like my roommate at the time, he's still one of my best friends to this day. Um he like saw me and I was like disheveled, I was like messed up looking. And he's like, dude, are you okay?" And I was like, I don't know, man. He's like, when's the last time you went to sleep? And I was like, I do not remember. And so I like sat there after my exams were done and I went to sleep. And I think I slept for like 18 hours because I like went to sleep and I heard him like he, uh, you know, it's college. So we were sharing rooms to to Mm -hmm. keep that rent low and he comes into the room. I see him coming in and out, and I'm like, it felt like a day had passed. And he, like, eventually, he was like, dude, get up. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I can't pay your half of the rent if you die. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, like, I did that, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. This is not what I want to do. <laughs> Uh, like okay. I took the EMT exams and I like, I worked at a free clinic in Richmond. I did all the, all the the good boy things that I was supposed to do to get myself lined up to get in. And that stuff was awesome. Like to this day, if I uh, still, I still contemplate getting like, re- like recertifying as an EMT and like getting back into it just because
0: I, I really thoroughly enjoyed being a first responder. Was it was just like, like, do you have any what was I, I like the good stories? Like what was a, did you, did you have like a lady delivered a baby in the back of a bus, like anything like that? Yeah. You get I, have, I have delivered one child, um what? in my life. Whoa! Yeah. I um, fishing with dynamite didn't know it. That's amazing. Yeah. So
2: I, I did that once and uh I never I mean obviously I never did it again until hopefully when I whenever I have my own children. Yeah. Um, in which case I'm gonna be sitting there and I'm gonna be that guy that's like looking at the dock and being like don't mess this up don't mess <laughs> this up i'm i'm, I'm right here yeah. um but it, it gave me a, a mindset of like nothing is ever as serious as anything will ever be at, from this day on yeah but i've seen i've seen like i can tell you some horror stories too but um i'll save you from that but that was really cool and i think i enjoyed my time working at the clinic i mean that was probably some of the most character developing Mm. experiences that i've ever had in my life and it was it's a free clinic free clinic in richmond it's called the center for high blood pressure it's on Mm. uh, 1200 morris street so go give them some money Uh, and they operate like completely off of a donation basis Wow. okay and they help people with like hypertension uh, blood pressure, diabetes, anything cardiovascular related uh, kidney disease they help them with so much stuff And I was there and I was you know I my mentor uh, God bless him Garland uh, I love that man He uh, was like the grandfather I never had mm. and he was a uh, like like wily, Old like Vietnam vet that like he knew everything and he'd seen it all. Yeah. He was a he was a corpsman in in Vietnam and I asked him stories and we used to we used to hang out and I used to just pick his brain and be like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And he was a uh, surprisingly progressive for his uh, his his era, as it were. Yeah. But I think that time was very formidable for me because it showed me, hey, like you can do anything and it, it won't be as serious as this. Like there's literally people that I had to like they were they would walk in and I had to sit there and I had to explain uh, what diabetes was and why they were being diagnosed with that.
0: Wow. Damn. Yeah. It really puts perspective is such an important part of life, especially as you get up into your your proper adulthood, you know, out of college and into your late 20s and 30s. Like uh, I know for Richard and me, part of it is, is having kids was a big watershed for me. Uh it was like, oh, wow, I am not the most important person in even my own life, so I better take a step back and allow things to happen around me and not be the rock in the center of the river and let things move around me a little bit more. I can't imagine being as young as you were doing that and dealing with life and death and terminal illness and things like that. That must have been... You're like now you got somebody complaining about a home inspection. You're like, I get it, but really, guys.
1: <laughs>
0: like, I mean, yeah, you? and you're it's like gone. I
2: can't, I can't bring that up and be like, like, I can't be a jerk about
1: it. Let's right? You got to be. You, know, have you have to. got to be. I, I got to be
2: amiable hard. about about the situation.
1: You're like, hey, you know what's worse than a failed roof inspection? Diabetes. Yeah. 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 I'm saying just gonna go ahead and put that one out there. Does it that change your mind about buying the house? Yeah, So. So how
0: did you translate to real estate? You left, did you leave Richmond immediately after you started to disconnect from the medical field or did you, did you hang out down there a little longer? My wife lived in Richmond for like a decade. She went to VCU. Is that your I VCU. That's my own. All right, go honor. Rams, go man.
2: Yeah, go uh, Rams. That's sure. right. Black and yellow. Um, so uh, when did your wife graduate? If you don't mind my asking. Uh, oh, seven. Oh, I was still in high school. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um,
1: Maybe.
2: But. I, so I stayed in Richmond. I basically did the whole thing, graduated, did all that, got into school. And then like, I had a, I have a good friend of mine. Actually, you guys met him at that Christmas party. You don't remember him. Um, But he was uh, working for an insurance company at the time, a uh, ENS insurance company.
1: Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him. I don't. I'm sorry. I remember
2: very. i was about to follow up with what's his name. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> My story was gonna fall apart so fast. All right, sorry. Yeah. So insurance. Company. So
2: I mean, he's a he's a good friend of mine, and he uh, he was working at this insurance company, and he's like, dude, you're like overqualified to work here. Like, just come get this cushy desk job, yeah. nine to five. You're you know you're out by four thirty if you want to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet, let's do it, because like mm-hmm. I'm a college student, I have debt to pay off, and like I need a job to pay rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did it, worked in ENS insurance, and I worked for the company that, uh, I want to put their name out there, but you can do the Googling, but they insured Uber. So if you've ever taken an Uber ride and something happened, they were the company that you would call and they'd do the claim. Interesting. So I was a claims examiner for insurance, and then I became an underwriter. So if you've ever seen your insurance policy, I was the guy that like put all that crap together and then sent you the quote for it. Hmm. And that was fun. I worked there for like three and a half years ish, Mm -hmm. something like that. And then one day I got a bonus check and it was like $900 or like a grand or something like that. And I sat there and I looked at the guy and I was like, this better go up like this was my first year there and i was like is this gonna go up and he's like yeah don't worry you'll you'll do much better next year and i was like all right the next year comes around and uh my check uh, my bonus check at this point is like 2500 dollars, and at this point i had probably brought in the company at least a million easy Mm -hmm. and i was like all right cool i'm gonna go do real estate now (laughs) and so i'd always had an inclination towards it because my mother had tried to do it like 06, 07, like at mm-hmm. a, the, the worst time to really start to yeah. get into the business. Um, and then Richard's met my uncle, he started doing it shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were just like, dude, you have the gift of gab. Just go get your real estate license and and talk people into giving you money. Mm. And I'm like, okay. I can try. Yeah, like, let's go. I don't I don't have anything to lose. So I was living with my partner at the time and I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to go back to Northern Virginia because I don't see myself being successful in the Richmond real estate market. Um, and I only and I only did that because I knew how much money was in Nova. It was mm-hmm. like, I mean, you, it, that's like the first thing is like, I always tried to focus on where the best market was going to be. And I knew that Richmond was not going to be a market. I was going to make uh, as much money as I could. Right. And so I took my exam, came up here, met Jo Willa. God bless her. And love I was, like all, right. yeah, I I was like, all right, I guess I'm signing up with uh, with PSR. And like so I, I I cashed out my 401k. I had you know, a decent mm. amount of money saved up. I put all of that into real estate.
1: Mm. Every
2: single dime I have, I put into real estate up to this point. Wow. Dang. And so I took a gamble. I was like, "Hey, I'm I. I instead of getting that twenty five hundred dollar check, I could I could easily triple that
0: mm-hmm. in in one
2: transaction." Right. So yeah,
0: no, I mean that's why for me it was a very similar journey in terms of like realizing I could grow further and that I like to talk, and everybody sort of similar to you was like, "Oh yeah, go be a realtor. You know, go sell some houses, and you don't even know what you can't do." And uh, yeah, I mean, it's the barrier for entry being relatively low to get started, and then having your own ceiling is definitely one of the most appealing aspects to the to like the start of the business. It's like, oh, I can go from whatever I'm doing to theoretically owning a business and pursuing my own goals long term without a boss, uh, unimpeded by anything but my own personal ethics and my own ambition. Um how did I mean you're successful but what was that first few months what was the first year like for you oh it was terrible yeah come on. hello come on <laughs> me too
2: um, like I think yeah, I definitely the boss thing is what got me. I mean, Richard's seen my disc and like all the like the PSI, the personality tests, and mm-hmm. everything that I've ever taken have been like does not do well with authority. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm I'm surprised Richard was able to wrangle me in enough to 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 get me to work with uh, with him. So uh, I think that I think that, the that, difference
1: that, is is you don't work for me, you work with me. that's That's that, that part is
2: that is know. a very valuable distinction.
1: Yeah i
2: had a terrible first year my i think i got licensed but it was also i I don't want to make excuses but it was in the midst of me like actually transitioning to like living in northern virginia full-time and all of that but i think i got licensed in like march or april or march or april like february or march and then i paid all my dues all that stuff and then started doing open houses and all this like generic stuff that everybody tells you to do that, you know, we can help you figure out at Bridges Business Solutions. If you don't know what you're doing, come talk to me. I'll, I'll take care of you.
0: Game plug.
2: <laughs> so I did that. I talked to I talked to Eric. I talked to all, everybody that I, I needed to talk to. We went to every class that Joella had to offer before the pandemic. Um, and I didn't get my first transaction until like October, uh, September or October of that year. Mm-hmm. And it was like uh, it was like a little 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 under three hundred k condo, and I was like, God bless, like I'm so thankful. <laughs> like, that was my thing. Is like, it, I I had told myself, and in in the meantime, I was like, this shit might not work out for me. So yeah. I was applying for jobs. I was doing other stuff. I was I was trying to make sure like all my accreditations for anything medical related were still up to date, and I mm-hmm. in case I needed to jump back into that world, right. But i made that first sale and i was like i never looked back i was like this is uh, it was like you know like what, what is it's like a six thousand dollar check and i was like perfect i this this is the greatest six thousand dollars i've ever made it was so satisfying because i was like i did this yeah. i didn't ask anybody i you know and i am grateful for my clients uh he was one of my roommates in college that had moved up him, him and his wife i was a groomsman in his wedding and he's like i got you i'm gonna give you your first shot and i was like let's yeah. go.
0: That's a good hookup. So man.
2: I, I I love that man and his wife to this day. And, uh, you know, I just I've gotten a lot of referral business from them. And that's that's it. Right. Like all I think 95 percent of my business, even in I think I'm like three years deep now, mm-hmm. has been just referrals. Mm-hmm. I think true. I did a, a handful of, of leads and I just never really messed with leads like that until recently. Mm-hmm. But I'm just very grateful. And that's like my attitude towards all of this is like the attitude of gratitude. You you, you got to be grateful for whatever you get whenever you get it. Otherwise, you're going to like it, it's going to change your perspective.
1: For like sure.
2: you said, Peyton, it's going to being able to have that perspective, no matter where you are, what you're doing. It's going to be way more valuable than
0: just having a sense of entitlement to a degree. Yeah, yeah. it's so self-determinant. That I remember when I first got my first commission, similar to you, it was a a friend of a friend. So, my best friend growing up in my 20s had a garage band, a little callback there. And uh, his drummer was older than us, like 10 years older than us. His name's Greg. He's a good friend of mine. And his wife, who's lovely, uh, whose name I did not learn for about two years, I would just bump into her like Black Cat or uh, wherever the rock and roll hotel in DC, where they were doing a gig. I'd be like, hey, it's Greg's hot wife. That was like the only name that she had for like two years. Well, fast forward, I've been a realtor at this point for six or seven months. I was still working full-time at my dad's uh, flower shop and I was not making any money. I had a baby, like I was broke. And, uh, and I get a phone call from uh, Louise, Greg's lovely hot wife. And, uh, and she goes, hey, I have a, a client uh, at our vape shop. Uh, his name is Bruce and he would like to buy a house. So, I was wondering if you wanted to help Bruce out. And I was like, that's amazing. I, well, I gave him your information, and he ended up being my first transaction and uh, closed right before Christmas, like 20, don't remember, 2017. No, that's not, that's too far. I don't know, see, whatever. Uh, right before Christmas, and I got, I cashed the check and I threw the money in the air in my bedroom. <laughs> and we danced around <laughs> under $5,000 because it was the most money I'd ever had in my whole life at one time. And then fast forward a couple more months, and he's called me back. Like, hey, I was at a, out with my girlfriends at uh, in Occoquan, and I met this guy, and he was talking to me. I think he was trying to impress me or something. Uh, and he wants to sell a condo uh, in Woodbridge off Ripon Landing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, great. Well I, well, I gave him your info, yada yada. So I end up calling this guy up, and I'm like, Hey, John Doe, uh, I got your information from this lady. She said she met you at this place. And he goes, Yeah, man, you can list my condo, but like, don't tell my wife where you got my information. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so long story short like you said like little breadcrumbs without this random nice lady that i met at when i was you know an idiot i couldn't i would have given up mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny how like your buddy you were a groomsman and then he's like i'll give you a shot it's like at random i feel like a lot of realtors have that same experience They stumble along through the dark and then at random something amazing happens and you're like wait a minute it's working oh my god it's working <laughs> like and what was that like in the months following that did you find greater immediate success or was it still a, an uphill climb
2: so i think uh my first two years i think i did well like it's weird like the second half of the year i always did better than the first half and mm-hmm. i don't know why that is Or like just it just might be the way my business works but like i've always had success in like q3 q4 mm-hmm. between like august and december mm-hmm. and at that time so i had I'd done that. And then I immediately had another sale and I helped another person purchase a home. And that was another, that was like one of my mother's friends. She's like, Hey, I'm looking for a house in Ashburn, sold her house. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't get a, and then that was like, I think November, something like that. And then I didn't get a sale until like April.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So I was like, that was pinching pennies at that point. Yeah. And so then it started picking up where people were like, I think, the first day of twenty, the, January 3rd, 2021, I got a phone call that was like, hey, I want to buy a house. I'm ready. And I was like, I did it. I made it. <laughs> Where it was like people were calling me. They were like, yeah. hey, we're ready. And I had I started getting phone calls from people instead of going out and trying to do my own lead generation. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a, a good feeling. I'm not saying like I'm successful, top class. No, no way. I can still be better for sure. But like. The feeling of i'm wanted you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. it was a good feeling because yeah. like i'm wanted in a in a very specific capacity where i am providing value to somebody mm-hmm. and that and that was a lot for me that that was a, a big motivator because i was like i can continue doing this uh as long as the wheels fall off like
1: until the wheels fall off i can continue doing this
2: yeah
1: that's outstanding so what do you think uh the future what's in the future for k you know where's this journey going to take you What's your next adventure? Um I don't
2: know if I should put this on the record. I don't wanna um, maybe the West Coast. Oh, we'll see. Um, you know we'll 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 leave it at that for now. I don't want to yeah. think that you know what I mean. No, that's exciting. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I am hopeful that this journey means that I can bring a lot more people. The help that Richard and you yourself, Peyton, have provided me through BBS, hmm. um, and not to sound like a cheerleader, but I'm going to be a cheerleader. If it wasn't for Richard, I probably would have quit real estate a long time ago. Me too, <laughs> yeah, 100. Like I'd, I'd have been like, dude, uh, forget this. I'm out of here. Like I can go do. So- I can I can go get a salary job somewhere yeah. and be fine. Yeah. Like I, would, like I, I, I probably would have dad. gone like, I w- yeah. I probably would have done the typical like Nova thing and like gotten an A plus cert and started working help desk somewhere and started working mm-hmm. up the IT ladder. hundred percent. I would have done that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it means a lot. You guys put that, that faith in me. I, I feel undeserving of it. Um, and I uh didn't quit because I think I was too dumb to like that's yeah, me too. Apparently, so you guys put your faith in just a complete moron, and you're like, he knows what he's doing. Look at him, he's so inspirational. And I'm just playing Pokemon Go all the time, like, I don't even know what's going on. But I appreciate it, man. I'm glad, oh, I'm man, glad Pokemon Go
2: when that came out in Richmond. Let me tell you, there's people I'm getting hit by cars like in the middle of the street. It was funny, yeah. uh, so, not that you know, it's funny to me, but
1: would you like me to tell you the greatest Pokemon Go story of all time? like i'm waiting okay all right i'm not trying to make it the richard show but this is a story that we celebrate in the bridges household annually i think peyton knows he's he's shaking his head so uh peyton and i worked together uh back when i was a managing broker at wiker so this is 2016 right the real the uh the the pokemon go came out in 2016 when it came out i had it matter of fact I was so hot on Pokemon Go as the managing broker of our real estate office. I tried to get in touch with Niantic to have them make our office either a Pokestop or a gym, right? So like I was actively reaching. I was like, yeah, people will just wander in here and like we can sell them houses because they're spinning Pokestops. I I, I like that. That's
2: cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I didn't know this and this is, this is pretty like uh uh, fortuitous or or you know maybe it's foreshadowing of life but Peyton and I we were working together and he was usually like in and out I would see Peyton because I was working late and it's like 6 p.m and he runs in to use a computer to print something off and then leaves again he was kind of he was kind of a you know an enigma like I never really knew where he was or what he was doing but he was selling houses and it was cool and we had bumped into him one night when I was working there late and we started talking and he mentioned he was doing the Pokemon Go thing and I was like oh man and he goes, Do you know where the best Pokemon like catching and like the best spot for Pokemon Go is in Northern Virginia? And I was like, No, I don't know. He said, The Marine Corps Museum. And I was like, the Marine Corps Museum off of 95. I live in North Stafford. I drive by it every night. Are you kidding? He was like, dude, it'll change your life. You go down there, you'll get you get you get all your all, all, all your poker stops, you hit them, you definitely fill up, you get all your pokeballs. You can catch all kinds of Pokemon there. It's great. There's like 40 stops. I was like, Oh, dude, this is great. This is great. Mind you, like, let me paint a picture. Picture is Richard wearing a three-piece suit. Sometimes I wore bow ties. Definitely always wore suspenders, had vests, had jackets, Four, or $5,000 suits. Like, that's what I wore all the time. All right, so I've set the suit. I uh, go that night after I leave. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to go to the Marine Corps Museum. It's an emergency, right? Somebody tells you about it. It becomes the most important thing in your life. So it's probably like 830 when I leave the office. I drive home. Takes about thirty minutes to get home. I'm passing the Marine Corps Museum on Route One, and I go. I'm going in. Well, I went in, and when I went in, like it's a double gate because you have the in and the out, and the out gate was closed, but the in gate was open. I was like, all right, well, I'll just go in and out through that gate. So I go in. I don't read the sign that says that it closes at dark. Like, I, who saw that sign? I was catching Pokemon. So I go in. I come in. I go around. Anybody's been to the Marine Corps Museum, you can like look at it on Google Earth. But you come in. You kind of wraps around, and I just start. Hitting them. I'm like boom, poke stop, poke stop, poke stop, poke stop, poke. Like I am having a great time. A euphoric. There's Pikachu's <laughs> coming out the woodwork. I'm catching all of them. I am ash catch them. I am catching them all in this moment. I am in uh eighty thousand dollar Mercedes. I'm in a five thousand dollar suit. I am catching Pokemon like my life depended <laughs> on it. <laughs> Woo! Police, sirens, the lights pull up right behind me. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? Who's getting in trouble? Because it wasn't me. I'm just catching Pokemon. Guy <laughs> walks up to the side of the car, rolls down the window. I'm like, oh, what's going on, officer? How are you this evening? He goes, "Uh, you know, you're trespassing on federal property. <laughs> trespassing on federal federal property. And I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. And then I'm immediately like, hey, I'm just going to tell him the truth. Right, like I'm a white guy. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Right, so I tell him the truth. I say I'm just catching Pokemon. Heard there was sweet Pokemon here. Coworker told me about it. No big deal. No harm, no foul. Um, that's it. That's why I'm here. I would gladly leave. I'm so sorry. I'll never come back here. Honestly, I didn't even really like it that much. Like I'm whatever. Right, like I'm whatever this dude needs to hear for me to just go home and hope that my wife never finds out about it. Well, he was pretty cool about it. He ran it. He gave me a written warning, which, dude, just say it verbally. Don't. There's no, no need to bring paperwork into it. But now there's a track record or there's a, there's a paper trail. There's receipts. So I leave. I go home. I get home. My wife's like, why are you so late? And I was like, Sigh. you know, she always finds out I can't mislead her. So I tell her. <laughs> she is furious you're the dumbest person i've ever met why am i married to you like you are a terrible example for our children what is wrong with you you're a grown ass man and i was like yeah now here's the thing i took it it's fine i caught my pokemon i called it a day i ate my late dinner it was cold and then i go to sleep i wake up in the morning and i look at facebook and I happen to follow the Marine Corps base, right? The Marine Corps base that's right across from the Marine Corps Museum is called Quantico. And Quantico's Facebook page had decided to post that morning about a strange man had trespassed on the Marine Corps Museum, had been confronted by a police officer catching imaginary monsters, right? And they said, please, as a public service announcement, do not trespass on federal grounds catching fake, not real animals. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my wife took a picture, she printed it out. We have it in our house. That date we celebrate, and it is the Shane <laughs> Richard date annually. I can't do <laughs> not every year. It comes up in their Facebook the memories. Nobody knows it with me, but them and a few people I've shared it with, and now all of our listeners. But dude. Pokemon Go, that was that was a moment, man. And I I I let a lot of people down, but honestly, I don't regret it. I don't. I, I think back on it, it was a good I, like it was a good it was a good story, and I'm, I'm 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 happy with the results. I'm I'm happy with how it went down. So the flip
0: side of that is, I'm talking to Richard, who I thought was hot shit, at the Wiker office. I'm getting near to ear with my my boss, and I try and give him the the lowdown skinny on a place I've walked around with my wife and kid, like pushing a stroller catching Pokemon uh, all summer long. And uh, then a couple of days later, I hear about this and my soul left my damn body with absolute horror. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, worst possible case scenario. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> I crazy. got him arrested. I got him arrested. Yeah. Like They have a rap sheet on me now. Like that's, they're going to try to take me down. That's going to be something. I'm going to be like 74 and running for presidency. And they're going to be like, whoa, whoa. Look, we found receipts. Oh, no, he can't be President. He can't he's too dumb. He's too dumb. He can't be President. He's too dumb. Yeah, that's my story that's what
2: uh, so i have I have a couple of follow up questions. what's Shoot. the what's the date
1: so I can celebrate with you? Oh, my God. I got to look. It had to have been like October. It's like September, October. They my wife has the date. I am so filled with shame about it. I don't want to know the date. I don't want to remember it. They remember it for me. (laughs) But what's hilarious is as my kids have gotten older, they were pretty young when it happened. Now they're older and they like the way they look at me when my, because my wife sits them down, like we have a family dinner. Like we don't normally all sit down and eat together, right? They're running around there, but we get everyone together. She makes a nice home cooked meal and she regales them the story. And I'm just always <laughs> upset, like, guys, we don't have to do this. Like, we do it every year. And every year, my kids, like one of them gets to a point where they can like conceptualize just how dumb it is. And they just look at me and they're like, him really like that. <laughs> that's the best we could do. That's what I got stuck with. And I'm just like, oh, guys, I'm pretty smart. I'm good at things. Don't worry. Like, it's just, yeah, it's always been a thing. thing. And his All right. So, just, my just, second just, follow up
2: question coming. Coming. is what team?
1: Oh, come on, man. I'm on the red team. All right. Really, gotta go, Valor, man. I'm yeah, the like Valor it. team.
2: Yep. Same.
1: There you go. All right. I like it. Hey, I might get your, I gonna have to get your gamer tag. If you're still playing, we'll do some, we'll do some trades. We'll get up to best buddy status. We'll go rating. Let me know. Oh, you're not on it anymore, are you? You gave up. You're a quitter. Yep, that's, you are. that's me. You're a quitter. I still have a Team
0: Mystic, uh, like decal on my front door of my rental property. It is still on the front door in the corner. We were representing.
1: Can the- we all talk about how Team Impact is a joke and shouldn't exist? Like, can it, we mm-hmm. all just at least agree that Team Impact, the yellow team, is is like who did that? They made a mistake. Like, it was just that that we can definitely agree on. So get out of here with your Team Impact. But yeah, Valor and Mystic, I will, I will, yeah, I'll, I'll mess with, I'll mess with them, yeah, for sure.
0: Fair enough. So, Kay, Richard told a dumb story. Do you have <laughs> any dumb stories about something you did that maybe wasn't the best decision you ever made, but it was a lot of fun while you were doing it? No, I'm a god. Come on, I don't do <laughs> okay. anything wrong ever. That yeah. is the podcast title. <laughs> no, I'm a god. <laughs> no, I'm a god. Write
2: it I'm down. On people. Come on, Peyton. You should know better than that. Uh, um, no. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What's the most impulsive thing? I could tell you about the speeding ticket I got. I'll tell you about that. Was All it? right. So I was in Richmond, and so this was like two weeks after my like 21st birthday, something like that, right? So on my birthday, I'm driving. I'm I'm on the highway, and I'm taking a group of friends to like uh, it's like around Halloween time, like in October. And so I'm like going to like a pumpkin patch or whatever, right? And we're driving down the highway, and like someone just like sideswipes my car, and they like completely just take out my mirror, all that. Great time, and so like. I'm like, we get to the location. I call them. I'm like, hey, hit and run, blah, blah, blah. And like, at this point, I'm working for the insurance company. So I'm like over here telling them exactly what they need to know. So that way, when I make my claim with my insurance company, it, everything will check out. Right. So I do that. All right. Get a get a rental car. The car I happen to get is a brand new convertible Camaro. <laughs> Candy red, beautiful, right? Awesome. Paid a
1: little bit extra, or you just sat on that nah, they were like
2: they were like, Hey, we'll throw it in for you since you're having a hard time. And I was like, Great, perfect. As a college kid, I love this, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So took the car and I lit I live like on this bridge in Richmond. It's called uh I forget the name of the bridge, but um it's like two miles long. The and bridge? The bridge is like two, uh, Damn. like maybe a mile and a half. Like maybe not. I'm, I'm, um, maybe there might be a little hyperbole there.
1: No, we're going with two miles. It's two miles. Two long. miles, oh, all right. sure, whatever. Two right? miles. I
2: and I just get in the car, and I and I just like I just lay on the gas because I was like, there's nobody around me. Whatever. Like, what's the worst that could happen, right? And I get to like the halfway point in the bridge, and I see a, like a motorcycle cop at the end of the bridge, and I'm like, yes. all right, this is it. You got to make a decision. So I sit there, and I'm like, I, and and for a split second, the thought crossed my mind. I was like, if he was in a car, I could outrun him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I guarantee, I know these streets better than he does. Yeah. And I was like, it's a rental car; I'd be gone. He wouldn't be able to track it. It'd be over. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they could track it. They just like figure out who rented the car and be like, right. hey, you're going to jail yeah but in the
1: moment like, but in no, the moment i was like hey, I, could, I, could to,
2: I could totally get away no yeah. problem right. We got right. it so he just like he just like he doesn't even like hold the radar up very high like i could see i see him i'm pretty sure like through his little little glasses and his little bike helmet he just like points at me he's just dude. like dude he's like you and I was like, like, he he pulls me over. I pull over, obviously, because, you know. I'm was gonna he shaking his, his head? Person. Was he just going, like, when did you just, he's playing, just like, you, you go? He's like, nope. like he, he walks up right to the there. car. He walks up to the car. He's like, he's like, what's up, man? I was like, nothing. <laughs> and he's like, give me your keys. And I was like, all right. So I gave him my keys. He throws the keys on the roof of the car. He's like you good? Everything all right? And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, what were you doing? I was like, I was airing it out. What's up? I was like, you caught, I mean like you clearly caught me. There's nothing right. like, what are you going to, like, I'm not going to lie to the guy. He saw right. me speeding. Right. And he, he's like, how was it? And I was like, it was good. He's like, was it worth it? And I was like, you tell me how much the ticket was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, I mean, like, st- this is verbatim the conversation yeah. I had with the guy. Cause I was like, I might as well at least just like try to make him laugh at this point. Yeah. He's like, I was waiting for you to come down, man. I would have given you a warning. And I looked at him and I was like, you can still give me a warning. <laughs> like I won't ever do this again, I promise you. <laughs> He's like, I got to, man. So I was going 84 and a 40.
0: Uh, in,
2: in a in what turns into a residential neighborhood.
0: Okay. Uh, so how bad was that ticket? Uh so I got arraigned. Yeah. I went okay. to
2: court. So i got a rap sheet too you know what i'm saying oh I, I got kidding. i got her I, I i go to the court i go to my little clinic that i'm working at i i told the i told the cop uh i was like hey i was like you know what's really funny he's like what i was like i'm i was on my way and this is from my like one of my senior classes that i was taking i was on my way to tutor kids in a juvenile correctional facility <laughs> in chesterfield county <laughs> So I was I, I was like, this is going to be a good story for them kids. He's like, you better tell them the story twice just so you hear it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: Oh, man.
2: So, uh, you know, I, I come in. I have my little letter of, hey, he's not a bad kid. He just made a mistake and all that. Yeah, right, I get right, to right. get in front of the judge. The judge is like, come back with a lawyer, son gonna need one and i was oh, like no. cool i was like cool that's how i wanted this to go so i i talked yeah, to a lawyer well, did all that he got me off he happened to know the cop like it was it was not so bad okay like Woo. the ticket like lawyer fees court costs the ticket it was like 1500 dollars. okay it was like the most expensive speeding i've ever done in my life and i guarantee you've i never gotten a speeding ticket since yeah so, the lesson. so this the is the question
1: this is the biggest question of this whole thing so since we live in a since we live in a world where we we are governed by a constitution and a set of laws that does not permit double jeopardy correct do you feel as though it was worth it <laughs> just a little bit
2: my dad so cuz oh, you no. know obviously like so the the car i had i like everything was registered to my parents like you know keeping insurance low or whatever um so the car that i had that was in the shop was registered to my parents and i got the ticket and so my parents just got inundated with like here's here's the lawyer you should pick and all this like all this stuff that you get you know what i mean and i was like telling i was like calling my brother i was like yo you're gonna get a lot of mail like hide it i'll take care of it don't worry about it everything's fine (laughs) he's like he's like dude what what did you do and i was like i I got caught caught up speeding man it's not that serious it's just a speeding ticket yeah and my dad to this day will not let me live it down. He's like, that cop saved your life. He's like, if that cop wasn't there and you were feeling even frogier, you would have done it again. He's like, I know you. He's like, you'd have done it again. And you could have got yourself killed. He's like, that cop Ta-da. saved your life. And you I was like, wrong dad, come on, man. Baby. I know you've done it. And he's, like, and, I, and, I look, and he's like, I had done it, but I never got caught. And I was like, come on, bro. <laughs> or, come on, dad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a rough one as a parent. Like when your parent does it to you. And they just get you like but it's like I'm, I yeah, and, and I knew
2: it was right. I was like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you're not wrong. I'm not going to argue with you, you know, <laughs> for what? Uh, no, you, you was mean. it worth it? Uh Yeah, why not? It was fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody on a clear open road should get the chance to drive 100 miles an hour once in their life. Like it you're going so fast. I remember one time I, I used to have a lead foot, man. I borrowed my aunt's Honda and down in Stafford. I'm not this is almost 20 years ago. And I'm I'm driving down. I come off the Acquia exit, exit 143, and there's like Mm -hmm. three solid miles where there's no cuts for Mm -hmm. the cops to shoot radar. So what you would do, what we all did in high school, is we'd go down to exit 140, which is actually where I live now, come back around knowing there's no cops, and then open her up back to Acquia. Yeah. I get on the highway at exit 143, and I'm doing 110 115 in this car because I was I was I used to drive a four-cylinder piece of sh- shit van yeah she's like a six-cylinder Honda. like it wasn't fancy but I'm just <laughs> like yeah and I oh. open it up come off I go all the way to Brookpoint High School which is five miles down Courthouse Road at 40 40 miles an hour mm-hmm. air quotes and I made the trip from Aquia to Brook Point in less than 10 minutes and it was like four stoplights that I didn't bother with and whatever <laughs> needless to say, Needless to say, one, it was quite thrilling. Two, oh. I got my license suspended several times in my teens and 20s before I learned my lesson, which I have. It's been eight years since I've had a ticket. But good Lord, it was thrilling. Oh. And I feel like under the right circumstances, controlled circumstances, everyone should have the chance to drive that fast once because it is very fast. <laughs> like, yeah, is like, I tried to tell
2: the cop. Uh, he like pulled me over and I was like, look. I tried to like reason with him, right? I was like, "Look, there isn't anybody else on the road." I was like trying to be responsible while being being irresponsible. And I remember as soon as I said that, he looked at me. He's like, "You're full of shit, dude." I was like, "Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just trying to get myself out of a ticket." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What should I be saying? Yeah, I was like,
2: "You can shoot me, and it would probably go over." (laughs) (laughs) Help you, help me. Yeah. Like, yeah, i promise you if i was catching pokemon
1: Aquaquan, it'd be a different story oh yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah well the crazy I, I omitted it from my story but i concealed carry and so that was the worst probably the worst part about it as i said i have a firearm in my bag in the back seat and he was like oh, obviously your concealed carry permit and He was like you carry a gun and you catch pokemon it's a little bit of a contradiction he said that i didn't tell you guys but like that didn't happen so yeah. i didn't know that about you this is a big reveal Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what happened is I had a really bad experience. One of the last years that I sold real estate where I was like actively selling and uh, started carrying after that. Like I got stuck in a house with a client and the, the, it was either the owner or the renter was in the property and they wouldn't, like we came in, the showing instructions didn't say anyone was going to be there. Like we got there and I was putting the key card in the door open. All the windows are blacked out. You know, there's like definitely some questionable things going on, questionable smells. And this very large man in a white beater in shorts is just walking right behind us through the whole house. And really? I just felt like I'm going to turn a corner and that's going to be the last thing that I see. Like I was just so nervous and I got out of the house and I said, never again, I'm never going to feel powerless. That was horrible. And I can't imagine because I'm sure there's a lot of people that live their lives and have that feeling a lot. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was never going to happen again. I was never going to feel that way again. So I carried for a long time. And then when I started sitting behind a desk all the time, I was like, I'm not going to go through the trouble. It hurts my back to carry it. I don't want to do it anymore. So, yeah, yeah but for a long time. The whole time I was at Weikert, I did. No way. Yeah. Not so we great. came in that Weikert office. I was going to be ready. Remember I had that little window so I yeah. could see the people as they came in? Yeah.
0: Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I carry a small syringe of ketamine in my shorts at all times. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody tries, I can just stick them Dexter style. They drop like a fly.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. There's no secret. Ugh. All right. So I do have another question. You said yes. earlier, you, you had a phrase, Kay, that I, I, that stood out to me, you know, you, you, you used the term adventure and mm-hmm. I love, I love that. So tell me, because I get the sense you're probably adventurous. Tell me about an adventure that you had a story that our listeners would want to hear about. What was mm-hmm. an adventure you had in your life? You went somewhere, you did something, you tried something, you know, and, uh, and, and it, it was either went the way you, yeah, you thought it was going to be, and it was awesome, or maybe it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Tell me about an adventure. Uh,
2: the first time I sat down with Richard Bridges, <laughs> let me tell you, my God, my life was changed for the better that day.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Talking about low-hanging fruit.
2: Um, yeah,
1: man. You, you, you,
2: you. That, that was, I, I. there's nothing really that can top that, you know, until the birth <laughs> of my first child. You know, that that is, well, then, that describe is it to us. Probably, if that's uh, going to be
1: your adventure, let's go into it then. Let's let tell. Was, the people he was
2: sitting want. in that. He was sitting in that office that he no longer has at Ashburn. Yep, I walk yep, in he and he's like, out. "Hey, man, how's it going?" All that exchange pleasantries. Mm-hmm. I sit down, and uh he's like, "So, tell me about why you're in real estate." And I tell him this exact story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he clearly doesn't remember it cause now he wants to record it. So I'm like, okay. So I tell him in about 25 minutes, I figure out this man is, uh, he's cool, but he's got some baggage and I want to know what that baggage is. Okay. So, we you know, we get to rapping and we talk and I'm like, okay, cool. I can, I can, you know, I mess with this guy. He's cool. And, uh, then I signed up with, uh, the program, which is now evolved to BBS and, you know, we have a a huge adventurous time together and it's yeah. it's real beautiful
1: what was the baggage you can't leave it. you can't leave us on a hanging what was the baggage that you got into and did i share it did i give you did i answer the question? some
2: of it some of it um i don't want to put your business out there that's to no, you no, put no, no, out there so, I, got no, um, I got no secrets you know i got no secrets uh, well you know i'm not i don't like talking about another man's business so i'm just going to refrain from that but so I if you appreciate,
1: get if you get if you want to get the real scoop you guys just reach out to k here and he'll he'll tell you the real thing he'll tell you the real juicy gossip don't think that Richard's got it all put together. He's got struggles. He's got-, he got Yeah, exactly.
2: And that's uh, you know, it uh the fact that he uh shared himself and was vulnerable with me, it meant a lot. I was like, this is this is a guy I want to learn how to do business from. Mm.
1: The power of yeah. vulnerability. I actually did a podcast yesterday. I got interviewed on one. I hadn't done one in a while where I was being interviewed, and uh, and that actually came up, you know, the, the power of vulnerability on that, mm-hmm. on that, that and during that conversation. And uh, it's something Brene Brown. Uh, Not a lot of people probably here know her stuff. she got podcasts, super famous TED talk. She's awesome. Um, And she talks about obviously vulnerability and and it's how it, uh, how it ties in and can be almost the antithesis of shame, which so many people live their lives, making decisions based on shame, you know, prior experiences, stuff like that. But the vulnerability aspect is uh, I wasn't great at it because I wanted people to like me. It was real important that people liked me and thought highly of me. But when I got over that, where it was so important what other people thought of me. And I realized that by being vulnerable, that I could help more people, letting them know like, dude, it's not easy, right? Life's not easy. And it was that, that, uh, that Duke coach, we didn't talk about it on here, but a month or so ago, we had it on as our motivational video and the women's basketball coach, the Duke coach, she was talking to her ladies and somebody got her and recorded it and it was on like an Instagram reel. And she, look it up guys. It's all actually, we'll probably put the link to it in this video. She's talking to the girls and you know, she says, these girls, they come to her all the time and they say, when I graduate, it's going to get better. When the preseason ends, it's going to get easier. You know, when I pass this exam, it's going to get easier. When I get married, it's going to get easier. When I boom, 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 fill in the, Fill in the blanks, and the thing that she said, which I thought was so powerful, was life doesn't get easier. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ever get easier. You get better at doing hard, right? Yep. You get Perfect better so at doing hard things so there's always a new level of hard that's right behind it but life's not easy and if you think or trick yourself that you're ever going to go through a certain thing and get to a point and life's going to then become easier when i get the money when i get the job when i get the relationship when i get the whatever it is you're fooling yourself and that goes back to the perspective conversation the real perspective that we should have is going i'm going to get better at handling hard and then i'm going to be equipped to continue to deal with hard things and i'm going to do hard things so that my life can be easier. Les Brown says that. Great quote from him. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. But vulnerability, super duper important.
2: I, uh, I'll give you the, the actual, sorry, go ahead, Peyton.
1: Well, I was gonna
0: say, that reminds me of two quotes. One's by John F. Kennedy. Uh, Do not pray for easy lives, pray to be stronger men. Mm-hmm. And that's always been an inspirational quote uh, that I heard in Call of Duty Nazi Zombies when I was in my early 20s. <laughs> and uh, that is, Correct. he was a character in uh, World War. Uh, World War. Yeah. <laughs> and the second one is, mo money mo problems <laughs> small,
1: baby there you go what were you gonna say Kay?
2: I was gonna uh so we only have like uh you know like a minute and a half left or whatever but um mm-hmm. the real story the best adventure I've ever been on yeah I'll, I'll actually answer the question please <laughs> uh, for your first team my high school graduation my mother took me to Rome oh wow and we went there and By far, the coolest thing we did was go to the Coliseum. And, like, I don't know if people believe in past lives, whatever your faith or belief system might be, but, like, I stood there, and I was like, I've been here before, and I've never felt that way in my life. Wow. I've never, ever felt that way. And I I stood there in the center of the Coliseum. Like, the tour guide was, like, talking, and it was very uncanny because, like, he was, like, trying to, like, guide us, And I was just like, yo, go up there and make a left and we'll get out of this place. And like, it happened. And he's like, how'd you know that? And I was like, I don't know. Been here. I've been here. So that was probably one of the coolest adventures that I've ever had in my life. Um, and I'm very grateful for my mother. Um, and along with the vulnerability and the life is hard type situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always go back to my parents. My parents came from a different country to America to, tr- to provide a better life for themselves. And, you know, it's a very motivating story for me. Mm-hmm. But as many motivational Mondays as I've posted and as motivational as I try to be, at some point you have to realize that it's not motivation, it's being driven. Mm-hmm. And you're being driven becomes an obsession. And your obsession should always be to better yourself. Wow. And that's that's like what I try to strive to live by. Cause there's no reason. I mean, you can feel entitled, you could feel like you you're owed something. Life ain't gonna give you shit. I promise you that. There's no way. And unless you actually go out there and take what you think belongs to you, it's not gonna work out. Mm-hmm. But the easiest way to do that is through love, compassion, and actually opening yourself up to other people. Wow.
1: I don't think I have anything better to add. Yeah. I think on that note, that's that's a closer right there, man. What a gem. We appreciate you, Kay, being on with us today, sharing those anecdotes, the stories, a little bit about who you are and your your life journey so far. And uh, and this was a pleasure, man. Took us a little while, right? We took a couple whips, but we finally got got you sat down. We got that magical voice of yours on camera, on audio, and uh, we're just super fortunate that you were able to give us your time today. So, Thank you. peace, love. love. Positivity, positivity and a big dude, yeah, yeah boy that's right. what i'm talking about you, all right guys. man signing off dude thanks for being on today we'll wrap it up
0: see you buddy oh man this is Out fun day, another podcast yeah k is an awesome guy that was super yeah, fun
1: you yeah, know it's interesting so i'm like we, we're here to like try to guide things along and you have great okay. people like k come on and they don't need any help no, right no, They can just. Fun. They can they can give magical experiences by just being who they are. so I'm glad I hope people listen to this because the best part of it was the end and uh, and so that was awesome. Um, yeah. and that. his yeah.
0: first adventure was his his first date with you which I felt was like cute but okay whatever but, whatever But really- no he said he was in the that he felt like he'd be in the, in the Coliseum before my first thought was picturing him as a lion who had compa in, in the Coliseum and I was like and he's off the feed now so he won't see this until the podcast drops. Uh, but yeah, no. Like my first image was like yeah. you were a lion and you fought some gladiators, and I was so happy for him in yeah. my heart for a yeah. moment. You got it in. I love yeah. it. That's awesome. awesome. Anyway, and I was raised with like reincarnation and shit, so I was sure. like, yeah, sure, no problem. Sounds great. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, man. All right. Always good to see you, Richard. Absolutely, right,
1: you Richard. Bridges. We my will host. talk soon. Poly- Poly uh, and then we got our shooters. <laughs>